This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. We got so much to get to today, as we often do. It's September. Things are, uh, there's a lot of sports either going on or about to happen, and that uh, that will inform part of uh, part of what I want to talk about today. I'll have Mark Craig on in just a little bit, covers the NFL and the Vikings for the Star Tribune, do his weekly picks segment that we're probably going to try to do every Friday on this show during the NFL season. Talk about his season outlook as well, since uh, since um, you know we're right at the outset of the NFL year. Had the kickoff game on Thursday. A lot to talk about with there too, with the uh, Tampa Bay edging Dallas and some questionable decision making there as well. So I want to talk about that as well. But first, what did I miss? So here's one thing I was talking about at the outset with a lot of convergence of things going on. We've been talking about. You know, football, 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 quite a bit here for the last couple of weeks, and some twins, sprinkling in some other kind of off-season stuff. You know, the N- NBA and NHL have kind of been on the horizon for a while. We've talked about go for football a lot lately. But here's the thing. Like, we've been talking about Ben Simmons and the possibility of him getting traded for months now, and we've been talking about Kirill Kaprizov with the Wild and the possibility of, you know, what kind of contract extension is he going to sign? Is he going to sign? Things like that, um, you know, and it's always kind of felt like there's time, there's time, give it a while, that it's, it's in the distant future, it's it's all the way into September, October. Guys, it's, it's September 10th today. Did you know that uh, NBA training camps open on September 28th, 18 days from now? Did you know that NHL preseason, the Wild's first preseason game is 15 days from now against the Blues on September 25th? When you frame it like that, you realize that we're getting down to it with both of these decisions, whether Ben Simmons is going to be traded or not from the 76ers, whether that involves the Timberwolves, who, you know, according at least to the latest betting odds, are the most likely team uh, for him to play for if it's not Philadelphia next season. Um, and same with Kirill Kaprizov. Like, this is a little bit less urgent, I guess, because he, he's a restricted free agent. He can't play anywhere except here, really, next season. But the longer that goes, the more you're kind of like, okay, can, can you get it done? Can you get it done? Can you get it done? And the bigger picture point I want to make is we've been thinking about these things as far distant problems or far distant issues to solve for a while now. And now they are becoming far more urgent because we're talking about a matter of a couple weeks in both cases before those seasons start. You want a resolution. Ben Simmons has said he doesn't want to go to training camp with the 76ers. He wants a trade before that. Um, and if no other teams are stepping up, if if you know Portland is sitting there and hasn't made Damian Lillard available yet, if you know Bradley Beal isn't part of the equation with uh, with Washington, then Minnesota becomes a real player. And I don't know exactly what the the exact package is. If it's you know D'Angelo Russell and a bunch of picks, if it's if you got to do Malik Beasley and Jaden McDaniels and some picks, something like that, and what 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 Philadelphia would be satisfied with in return for Ben Simmons, um, a trade by the way that I've been in favor of for you know since the outset, since, since we've been talking about this. But um, you know the longer that goes, the better it is for the Wolves. That's that's a point Chris Hine made on this podcast a couple weeks ago, and even at that point it felt like it was kind of getting down the road. Well, now here we are two weeks later, still nothing has happened in that. I feel like that's good for the Wolves as they kind of sit there. Their offer has probably not changed a whole lot. What can change is other players becoming available from other teams that would make, uh, you know, like I said, with Lillard or Beal, that would make an enticement more for the 76ers to keep 
uh, Ben Simmons, but I don't think they want to do you know the the Jimmy Butler route where they keep him into the season and it becomes a distraction. I think they'd like to get this done. I don't think they're going to trade him for pennies on the dollar, but I don't think the Wolves would be offering pennies on the dollar. So watch that one. Watch for something on that soon because here we are, like I said, 18 days away from the start of NBA training camp. It's no longer just kind of looming in the distance. And like I said, same thing with Kirill Kaprizov. You're watching this and you're like, okay, you know, yeah, they've got time. It feels like a million years ago that they signed Eric Sinek to his deal and then they, you know, they got to got to Fiala, um, you know, through a, you know the the short term with arbitration stuff like that. So now we're just waiting on Kaprizov signing a long term deal, and uh, you know, again, he's got no real leverage, so you're not too worried about it. I think Bill Guerin has played this pretty well, the Wild GM. That said, you're, you don't want to take this into training camp. You don't want this to become a camp storyline. You want this to be resolved so you can just get back on the ice and, uh, you know, get to the business of improving on a very good regular season a year ago. So watch for those things, even as you're watching all the football, even as you're paying attention to everything that's happening back to school, go for football, Vikings football, everything thrown at you at once. This is going to be, these are going to be two storylines that are going to be coming fast and furious in the next two weeks. And uh, we'll see if they are resolved in Minnesota team's favor. I'm Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer at the Star Tribune and the first five-time guest in daily delivery history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, and even all of Rand's future blog posts about how the Timberwolves should trade for players they will never get, Go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Happy to have Mark Craig on Daily Delivery today. Does a great job covering the NFL and the Vikings for the Star Tribune. It is your time of year. Mark, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Absolutely. Let's do this. So we'll probably do this, you know, regularly during the season. We'll have to kind of talk about picks for the week, but because we are at the beginning of the season, also want to kind of get a little season outlook from you and you know right off the bat you you published some of your season season predictions already and I'm sure you are hearing it from some Vikings fans already because you have the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl this year uh how how did you arrive at that conclusion and what what sort of feedback have you got from your loyal readers on that so far uh well yeah you should be working for the Green Bay Tribune and all that stuff a uh, typical stuff but you know I just I I I sense I mean, here's a team that's, that's beat on the door the last two years. They got they got the best player in the league from last year, the MVP. He's obviously um, he was upset in the offseason. I never once believed he was going to leave. He comes back. He's going to be you know even more motivated than he was last year, and he was extremely motivated last year. They have an exceptional team, a good offensive line. Defense is going to be was good last year, and I think it's going to be even better this year. Uh, you know, and they've just they're there. They're they're twenty six and or whatever it is, 26 and six the last two years, they've made two NFC championship games. I just think they're going to take that next step. And then boy, look, you know, what happens after that next, next off season. So, um, and, and then it would also be just fitting how the off season went. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers will never play for this team again. Uh, you know, we heard that daily over and over and over. Uh, but no, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's extremely good. And I just think that this is their year. Is there a small part of you that just thinks all of that was like, not mostly, but like 
even a little bit of like a long con. Like they just wanted everybody to believe that. So they wouldn't, uh, so they get their hopes up that the Packers were going to get dismantled. And then all of a sudden it's like, Nope, everything's the same. Well, I think the coverage was uh, that, they, you know, that he wanted out and everything. I, yeah. I mean, it, 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 there was people, people in three other, or at least two Chicago and, and, uh, and Minnesota that uh, were, um, had dreams of the NFC North completely changing. I don't, I don't think Detroit's even close. They got to, you know, you talk about biting kneecaps. They got to get up to the kneecap to, to bite. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, when he comes back, then it's just like, okay, you know, and I know Zim's been able to, he snuck in there and, and, and won, but not too many people can, can sneak in and win a championship whenever these guys keep stacking Hall of Fame quarterbacks on top of each other. So yeah, it's uh, people were wishful thinking, but uh, you know, we got at least one more year with him. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a, uh, you know, it kind of does speak, you know, your, your predictions. And a lot of times we base things off of, you know, what happened last year and you've got, you know, Kansas city being the number one seed in the AFC again, although you've got them losing early this year, you've got two teams that seem to be on the rise last year, the, the bills and the Browns getting to the NFC or AFC title game. You got Tampa Bay getting back to the NFC title game, but this is a year where it feels like kind of what happened last year does have a lot of carryover because it doesn't feel like maybe outside of the Rams who kind of went all in with the Stafford trade doesn't feel like there's necessarily that that team that you're like okay this is a team poised to displace somebody it does feel like the teams that were good last year should be the teams that are the really good teams again this year I mean, I like the Browns. I think they made some good, you know good additions and also they get Odell Odell Beckham back and they probably might be getting them a humble Odell Beckham back that, you know, they won without him. So uh, if, if they get him going and with that running game, you know, I, I like them. I, I, they could have won that Kansas city game with, you know, if, if that one play at the goal line, you know, it's one of my least favorite rules is that that play where an inch or one way or the other is a turnover or the ball at the one inch line. So, uh, and there was also a helmet to helmet there that, you know, people pointed out to me as I'm watching and I'm thinking, Oh, I hate this rule, but, uh, yeah, there's, you know, it, 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 yeah, a lot of picks are always be based on last year, which if you look at the history of the NFL, you go back 20 years, I think it's you know, 20 or more than 20 years where there's four or five new teams every single year. So you almost like I, you know, I have I'm high on the Cardinals and it's become and I don't and part of me doesn't believe it, but I'm thinking there's going to be that team that we go our teams that uh, we didn't expect to do anything and they're going to they're going to surprise us. And I think that that's going to be one of them. Uh, you know, but look where they're at. I mean, it's a tough, the tough division to even get out of, to get into the playoffs. So yeah, a lot of it's based on that. Um, you know, I have a different feeling about the Buccaneers just because of Tom Brady. It's like, I didn't, I didn't believe for a million years that he would go there in year one and win it all. I don't believe in a million years that they'll win back to back, but there's something different about this guy, not only from a talent standpoint, but from the fact that he can, convince everybody to get on the same page and, and, and not be complacent. In fact, that's what I wrote about today's paper was talking to two guys for you know, Minnesota ties, Winfield jr. And Tyler Johnson about what is it about this guy that just, you know, other than the fact he's played 22 years and he's, you know, the best ever uh, just how he just has this mystical power over his teammates and wills them to where he wants them to go. Plus they're talented. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it could be, a repeat. And, and again, things happen during the season. We get surprised, someone gets injured and then it, it, it kind of opened things up. So you never really do know for sure. Let's, let's shift to the Vikings for a minute. I want to get to some Mike Zimmer stuff in, down the road. And I want to get a few, a few of the upcoming games Sunday too, but you know, 
Vikings last season, um, it was a kind of a shift where the offense was better than the defense. And, you know, a lot of that was injuries on the defense. A lot of that was, you know, some inexperience on the defense as well. And the offense played, you know, pretty well. You had Justin Jefferson emerge. Feels like this year the identity shifts back more towards defense or at least a little bit more balance. How do you see if this is a successful Viking season, what, what is the best unit on this team? Is it offense or defense? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's um, I think it has to be led defensively because of how they play. I think the last year, the defensive line was a disaster. And I think that led to is, you know, just all of their, you know, I know that they had young corners, but it started, you know, if you have young corners and you can't stop the run and you can't rush the passer, then you're exposed. And they just, uh, you know, the defensive tackles, uh, you know, they went out and tried to get a guy to put in there, but he opted out Michael Pierce. Um, but what they had at defensive tackle was horrendous uh, for, for what they needed to do and uh, losing to Neil, obviously, and then didn't have anybody on the right side. So I think the root of their problem last year was at that defensive line and it just crumbled from there. Uh, I give them actually, you know, some credit to get back into the hunt after they were one and five or whatever it was, they had to ride Dalvin cook uh, pretty hard to get there. Um, but yeah, I think if it, it, it's led by defense, it's led by defense and Dalvin cook. Um, Kirk Cousins has to, you know, be Kirk Cousins, the good Kirk Cousins. And if everyone's around him, if he's protected well, make the great decisions. He's not, he's never going to be the off script guy that we talk or write about. <laughs> um, but he can win with him if, if the defense is solid and, and Dalvin Cook is healthy and, uh, you know, and they got those receiver. I think Justin Jefferson's career is only going to keep getting better. I don't see a sophomore slump there. And if he has, if his numbers are lower, that means other guys have opportunities and Thielen needs to take advantage of it. Uh, this D.D. Westbrook or whoever's going to be that third receiver that's going to be playing a lot now because of Irv Smith's injury needs to step up. Um, but obviously a lot of pressure on the offensive line, too, as well. Rashad Hill, I don't like it left tackle long term. I uh, don't know much about Udo at right guard, but I think he'll be better than uh, than having Dakota Dozier in there somewhere at one of those guard spots. Yeah, how nervous should it make you know a Vikings fan that they go into the season basically with you know Brian O'Neill that just signed the hefty extension and then still what I would consider four unknowns on the rest of the line or at least guys where you're not sure exactly how productive you're, they're going to be. You mentioned Udo and Hill. Even when Derisaw gets healthy, you don't know about that. And you know guys like uh, Garrett Bradbury and Ezra Cleveland who you know have high pedigrees were drafted in you know first round, second round. We still don't know if these guys are, you know, what their what their ceiling is, right? Well, I, th- I think we know what Rashad Hill is. You know, great yes. guy. Love Rashad Hill. He's a backup. He's a swing tackle. He's the guy that comes in when your tackle gets hurt in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, like in Philadelphia, whatever year that was, 18, where <laughs> you're down to your seventh tackle and you, you got you got one play where you got to make a play and you have some four-string guy out there, you know, that – and there's a sack on, and it ends the game. Uh, Rashad Hill is the guy that can come in and hold down the fort. Uh, he can't. I don't think he holds down the fort for 17 games. That's why I think there's a lot of assumptions made about this team. Uh, on draft day, it was okay. Well, we got the left tackle taken care of. We got the right guard taken care of in the top three rounds. Okay, we move on. Well, that left tackle hasn't practiced yet. The right guard, he's a third. He turns out to be a third round pick. That's a future guy, you know, down the road for you. Uh, I think Wyatt Davis could be a good player down the road, but he's He's not a plug and play guy. 
So I, and I, I think uh, this is a big year for Bradbury. He's got to have a good year or it's time to look for a center. I think Cleveland is going to be a good player. I like him on the left side better than the right side, just because he's left as a pedigree as a left tackle. That could be really good next to Derisaw. Um, Udo, I don't know anything about other than the fact that he's got really good size. He's a, he's a basically a tackle playing guard and that will help Bradbury because Bradbury gets overpowered in the middle. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be something to watch and maybe that's a way to transition into week one. A few of the, you know, a few of the, Let's let's talk about picks for week one. Vikings at Bengals. It's it's a nice kind of soft launch for them. Bengals are not a great team. Vikings favored by I think a field goal um, on the road. What uh, you know feels to me like this could be a low scoring game just based on what we saw in the preseason. Knowing the Vikings will want to do some ball control and that the defense should be pretty good. How do you see that game playing out and who do you like in that game? Well, I mean, I like the Vikings. I actually had a 30 to 21. I, when it comes to score, I, I just sometimes, it, I mean, it, it just so dictated on turnovers and yes, um, primarily turnovers. Um, no, it's going to be strange. I mean, it's going to be their first uh, first game in front of, you know, a, a crowd in a while. Um, that that could factor in. Um, you know, there, there's no such thing as a week one must win, but let's, let's put it this way. If they lose this game, uh, the, the mood's going to be, you know, oh, my gosh, uh, <laughs> We're there in trouble. Um, I, I don't get anything out of the preseason whenever Dalvin Cook doesn't play. I, it's just everything just runs through him that to not have him in and then also to not have Jefferson in and only have Thielen in for one series or whatever it was. I don't know. You know, I'm not worried about the fact that they didn't score a touchdown when they only played a handful of plays. Um, I think the offense could be good. Um you know, the, the Bengals have a lot to prove. They, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't pass protect last year. They couldn't stop the run last year. Um, I think the Vikings win whatever the score is. But they win just because they're, I think they're the better team. Now it won't, it may get bumpy because, you know, they just don't play preseason games anymore to get ready. It's just kind of the look at backups and sort of kick the rust off some, some guys. And I mean, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, not that I'm saying they shouldn't do that because they put Irv Smith out there, the only guy they put out there. They're still they lose him for the year, so um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think the Vikings win just because they're the better team with more talent. Interesting, probably the best matchup of the week is Cleveland Kansas City. You know, just you know, playoff rematch from last season. Two teams with high hopes for this year. Um, how, what do you, you know, week one, anything can kind of happen. It's, it's a little bit of a blank slate. What, uh, what do you like out of this game? Well, I had the chiefs by seven. I think, I think the Browns are favored by, or the chiefs are favored by six, you know, just being a Kansas city, being the first, you know, that first game, if it's in Cleveland, I, I think it's a different game, but you know, you're talking about getting back into Kansas city. I mean, I know that they had fans, some fans there last year that they were allowed to, uh, but you're talking about a full stadium. I assume I haven't. <laughs> Who knows yeah. the rules? It might change day by day. But, you know, you're talking about a, a, back in Kansas City, one of the best home field advantages there is. Patrick Mahomes, uh, all, the, all that, that explosive talent. They, they, you know, as we saw in the Super Bowl, they couldn't, they couldn't protect him. But now they went out and invested heavily in that offensive line. And I just – I think that uh, – plus it's Cleveland. Yeah, I'm from Cleveland. I know. When the hopes are high, that's when you pick the loss. So, you know <laughs> – I, I'd love to see the Browns win that game. Uh, I think it would it would kind of like be a great. I mean, it's, to me, this is one of the best week ones I I can remember. I don't have the best memory in the world, but this is one of my 
a favorite week one because there's just so many good matchups. And uh, this is probably it's one of my favorite ones. Although that Sunday night or, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford and the Rams playing the Bears, I'm really looking forward to watching that one. Yeah, that'll be a good uh, – let's talk about that and the Packers-Saints just to kind of round out the relevant teams in the NFC North. Um, you know, Packers-Saints Packers, Packers is interesting. No more Drew Brees. It's the Jameis Winston show. Um, Green Bay going into, you know, New Orleans, um, which I imagine uh, the whatever the crowd there should be pretty – I believe they're playing that game in, in Jacksonville. I believe they? that is correct. So the crowd factor is a little bit different yeah. there. Um, how do you, you know, Saints could be kind of all over the map. It really depends on how Winston plays. I kind of like this as a reclamation project, especially with Sean Payton. But what, uh, you know, what, what do you see week one there from, from Green Bay at, uh, at New Orleans in Jacksonville? Well, I, I had the Packers winning by two touchdowns. I, I you know, I, I hear all this stuff about Sean Payton working his magic with, uh, with Jameis Winston, but I don't know if anybody has that much. Ma- I have to see it to believe it. I got to see that rabbit come out of that hat. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, Jameis Winston, uh, I mean, I know his last year as a starter, he might've thrown for 5,000 yards or close to it, but he had 30 interceptions. And that was a really talented team as we saw with, I mean, I don't, he's not Tom Brady. You know, I don't want to compare him to Tom Brady. He shouldn't be compared to Tom Brady, but, you know, that they needed, they needed a quarterback and they got it and they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, and the, the Saints aren't, aren't as good as what Brady had last year. I don't think, um, I just have to see Winston, you know, do it. And I, I, I I'm not a believer right now at all. in uh, that new Orleans is going to turn Jameis Winston around. And they're going to be what they were, uh, with Drew Brees. Yeah. I like the Packers in that one too. I mean, if you think the Packers are going to be good this year, that's a game that they should win probably fairly convincingly i would think especially with the neutral site kind of factor playing in there um what you know like you said rams bears it's a real you know stafford let's see the first first look at him in sean mcveigh's offense and you know chicago should still have a pretty good defense this season and it'd be interesting to see kind of uh what they can muster on offense as they transition from you know eventually i would imagine dalton to fields what to, what are you looking for in this game as, as a matchup yeah, I think eventually it should be like uh, right before kickoff. Uh, you know, I <laughs> it should be. I, I'm not buying. I you know, people like I've, I've heard people talking. I, I saw something on TV this morning. I saw I saw the, he- the headline as they were talking about it, but the Mahomes factor or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I don't see this as the you know a situation where you know Andy Dalton is the same as uh, Alex as- Smith. City is Alex Smith. So, you know, I would love to see Fields start right away. Maybe, maybe him not playing against the Rams defense and Aaron Donald in prime time in the first game at their $5 billion stadium. I mean, that's a, that's a good idea not to have him do that. But, um, you know, I just think that, you know, he's, he's, it's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen soon. And with the pressure that's on Nagy, um, you know, I, it, it's a, it's a tight rope for him to walk, but I think, the better quarterback is Justin Fields and they probably at this point, and he should be making that move very soon. Um, you know, the Rams are fascinating to me. They're the most fascinating team because I think they, I don't know how many people believe this, but I think they greatly overpaid for Matthew Stafford, giving up two first round picks, uh, a third round pick and a 26 year old guy who was, a, who was a number one overall pick who, you know, People seem to forget that he was on that team that went to the Super Bowl and then got out. You know, Sean McVay, the genius, got out coached by by Bill Belichick, the defensive genius. Um, so the pressure is on them. And, and you know, you talk about 
a guy that's never won. I mean, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback, but he's never won a playoff game. And now it's basically, if, if you don't take that team to the Super Bowl in your home stadium, it's a failure. And, and he's at 33 years old. Who knows how much longer he's going to play? Uh, not everybody plays to 45 years old like Tom Brady. So you're, you're talking about a huge gamble of them just putting all their chips in the middle for this year, uh, this year or next year, whatever, short term. Uh, there's a fascinating team to watch. I think they'll win this game because it's another one of those, you know, the fans are back. It's prime time. Uh, gives people uh, gives people a chance to get back in the stadiums and, and impact games, uh, which I think they will in this case. Yeah, I agree with that too. Should be. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a big Stafford guy, but I think they win this game too. I'm, we, we're on the same page. I know our colleague Andrew Kramer much higher on Matthew Stafford than uh, than either of us are. But you know, it's it's a better situation for him. He's never had a never had a great situation with the Lions, so maybe that change of scenery is a uh, is the thing for him. Um, last thing, you've got a piece coming out in Sunday's paper. Mike Zimmer, you had a long sit down with him. Maybe give us a. Without giving away everything from the story, maybe give us a, a taste of, of what that uh, what that story should be about. Yeah, we sat and talked up on his uh, little porch there on the second floor, TCO, and you know, and Zim's been I think he's been great this brief, this season, talking you know openly about you know COVID and and uh, everything, and um, he's he's a he can be a grumpy guy, but uh, he sat down, he was open about you know. I talked to, you know, I don't want to give away the, the story, but you know, he's talking about his future and what, what, when he's going to start thinking about, you know, maybe 65, he's got, he's got uh, the, the, the grandkids now, the two twins. Uh, and, you know, he was even smiling on the internet, holding two babies. So I said, you know, why aren't you kicking your feet up? And he, he talked about, you know, what he doesn't, how he doesn't want to go out in football. And, and uh, also talked a lot about why, you know, this year they made the changes. Um, that they, you know, that they're going to unveil on, on September 12th, you know, just uh, changing the defense and um, asked him, I said, don't throw me over the porch here, but uh, you know, did you, is this because you're just afraid that, uh, you know, that, uh, these young offensive guys are passing you by and, and Zim was a typical, uh, I wouldn't call it cocky, but very sure of himself where he, where he's his legacy and where he is currently in the NFL uh, and, and the respect that he gets from offensive coaches. Uh, his thoughts on that, um, his thoughts on just how big a mistake they made last year, thinking that they could, uh, could turn around, uh, you know, like they could play with two rookie corners starting for him, uh, especially with that defensive line, not being able to rush the passer or stop the run. So you're talking about that and just uh, his thoughts on, you know, I know they didn't, they didn't, they finished under 500, but he had an interesting quote on what, uh, would have been in his mind if they had gotten, if they, if they would have won eight games. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, it's, it's some really good, good Zimmer stuff. I hope people enjoy it. Um, that'll be in Sunday. So. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it as well. You guys should too. Mark Craig, thank you so much for joining daily delivery today. Let's make this a, a weekly thing. We'll do game by game sometimes and uh, look at some of the biggest matchups of the week and uh, enjoy some football. All right. Right. Sounds great. Thanks, Michael. Good stuff, as always, from Mark Craig. We'll do that every week. I might even come up with a name for that segment. Got a few things percolating for a couple different segment ideas, uh, regular segment ideas next week that uh, that I hope you guys will uh, will have some fun with. I didn't really get to my overall Vikings prediction with uh, with Mark. I think you can probably guess where my head is at based on 
previous podcasts and discussions with, uh, with with other guests here on this show and the Axis Vikings show, but I'm growing more pessimistic about this season. Just you know, watching a lot of the stuff that's happened, watching the vibe on this team, and so my prediction in the Star Tribune is seven and ten this year. That's uh, that is me going on record. I just feel like the vibe is off. When the vibe is off on a veteran team, things can go south. I think they're you know Mike Zimmer is a good enough coach. This is a credible enough operation that they're not going to completely fall apart. But I don't see this as a playoff team right now. I did two months ago when the schedule came out. I thought this was a ten or eleven win team. I really did. I liked a lot of what they were doing. Um, since then, I've just got a lot of concerns about things. Now the the caveat is the defense could save the day. And if the offensive line is at least serviceable, they've got a chance on offense. But i got to see it on the field. And we'll start to see it on Sunday, I guess. Um, we'll start to see how this unfolds. But right now, I am not terribly optimistic about the way this season can go, even if I do see the path to something much better than I am predicting right now. Let's finish with the cooler. NFL opened on Thursday, and predictably, we're right back into the spot where we're second-guessing head coaches. Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys second guest left and right for a lot of decisions left some points on the board at the end of the first half when they you know kept going backwards and couldn't even get a field goal and then in the second half kicked a field goal when the fourth down decision bot love the fourth down decision bot um, says they should have gone for it it was fourth and fourth and goal from Tampa Bay's three winning win probability goes up if you go for it they kick a field goal instead to cut the lead to 21 19 now they do take a lead later at 29 28 so maybe it's looking like a smart decision but tampa bay kicks a field goal pretty much right at the gun and there was two seconds left to win 31 29 so the difference in those four points of you know going forward and making it and getting a touchdown possibly or pinning tampa bay deep you know which is the the other alternative which isn't so bad um you know, those things, Mike McCarthy not off to a great start this season with Dallas, and uh, you can imagine that uh, the seat is going to get rather hot there if they don't improve as the year goes on. That'll do it for today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be back next week with plenty of football talk. Patrick Royce on Monday, Vikings first game, another gopher game against Miami of Ohio. We'll see if there's some movement on Kirill Kaprizov and Ben Simmons, some of my favorite subjects, and everything else that is yet to come. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend.